0: Welcome back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 301 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you will get 20% off of your next order. That intro song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, yesterday's afternoon game against the Boston Bruins, not the Rangers' best performance of the season, to put it pretty mildly. It turns out to be a 4-1 home loss to the Bruins. And, you know, an analogy that I used to make quite a bit last season, and I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit this season, but I think it probably is just as true this year as it was last year. I mean, maybe not quite to that extent, but the analogy is that it's basically like playing roulette with the Rangers. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get night in and night out. And when you watch this game yesterday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, it was very hard to believe that this was the same team that went out there and just basically took it to the Bruins on Friday night, basically just imposed their will, put up a season-high six goals, and then yesterday looked pretty anemic. And I realized they're not playing with Artemi Panarin. They don't have Capo Caco. They don't have Philip Hedl and you know Jacob Truba out of the lineup as well. But that was also the case on Friday. So I don't know what happened. I don't know how uh, their game went so south in such a short amount of time here. Uh, It really is unfortunate that they couldn't come out and uh, get the sweep against this tough Bruins team. And I actually want to start today by talking about what was kind of a mundane play late in the first period, but it kind of stands out and it'll make sense in a second. So Rangers at this point, they're down two to nothing to the Bruins, and it's getting pretty late in the first period. There's actually less than a minute remaining here. You're thinking, like, oh man, you know, rough first period, but wouldn't it be awesome if the Rangers could get one back here? You're only down two to one going into the second period. You're feeling a little bit better, and, uh, you know, maybe you get the ball rolling a little bit in your favor at the start of the second period. So, Rangers, like I said, down to nothing. Colin Blackwell has the puck. He's kind of along the boards on the left side there, and out of nowhere, he kind of just like fires the puck at the net. And we saw the Rangers do so little of this, uh, just being willing to put the puck at the net and take your chances. The Rangers only got 21 shots in total on goal in this game, but. Blackwell here decides, you know what, I'm just going to take a chance. Let's just put the puck at the net and see what happens. And the save is made, but you've got Chris Kreider in there in the crease. You've got Ryan Stroman there as well. Kreider was kind of whacking away at it with uh, about 25 seconds left in the first period at this point. Couldn't put the puck home. But the reason why this play stood out so much to me in this game, in this first period, and in the game as a whole is because we saw so little of this from the Rangers. There were almost no uh, second chance opportunities for the Rangers in this game. There was It was just the antithesis of what the Rangers did on Friday. They weren't putting the puck at the net. Uh, they weren't really causing any havoc in front of the goaltender. They weren't getting any second-chance opportunities. And so to actually see one here, it really kind of jumps off the screen at you because this entire first period goes by, the Rangers have basically no quality scoring opportunities. I mean, maybe one. I, I don't really remember any, to be completely honest. But you finally get a big-time scoring chance here, a chance to knock it down to 2-1 to going into the first period intermission. And it almost kind of jolts you because you're watching this game and, Rangers don't have any chances. Still don't really have any chances. They still don't have any chances. And then all of a sudden, this kind of just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, wow, we almost just scored there. And so it kind of just wakes you up a little bit as you're watching this game. Uh, but alas, they did not score there. It goes into the first intermission at 2 to nothing. But again, the reason this play stood out so much to me is we saw so little of it uh, throughout this entire afternoon here. Even with this being a really tough loss for the Rangers and a little bit of a lackluster performance overall, you still can find some positives if you look closely enough. And I think we got to start with Colin Blackwell. You know, I talked about him in our most recent episode about how he's been really the biggest surprise of the Rangers season thus far. You could make an argument for Ke'Andre Miller, and certainly he's been fantastic. I think he should be in the Rookie of the Year conversation for sure. But the difference there, like I said in the last episode, Ke'Andre Miller, he's quote-unquote arrived sooner than we thought he would. But he is a former first-round draft pick, so it's not completely uh just shocking that he's playing this well It's a little surprising because I don't know that anybody knew that Ke'Andre Miller was gonna be this good this fast but with Colin Blackwell this is just completely out of nowhere just again looking like a very solid well-rounded player and somebody who's really emerging as a scoring threat for this team there's no other way to say it. we're now 11 games into the season for Colin Blackwell Blackwell's been out there for 11 games he's got five goals and three assists and in his last six games combined four goals and one assist he's been on fire. This was his third straight game with a point and just a deadly accurate shot. So Alexi Lafreniere gains the blue line. He's got the Boston Bruin defenseman retreating pretty fast, and then he kind of just leaves the puck for Colin Blackwell. Blackwell gets the puck moving over to his right and then lets it go, bangs it off the near post into the net. Cuts the Boston Bruin lead to three to one in the third period. There was about midway through the third period, and then actually got into an altercation with former New York Ranger Greg McKeague after the play. Uh, so basically, they bumped into each other right after Blackwell scored. It seemed like neither guy really wanted to to let up, even though the play was over. You know, they're on a collision course. Why slow down and let the other guy knock you to the ice? Right. So they crash into each other. Uh, Blackwell sends McKeague to the ice, and I do have to be fair here, it kind of looked like Blackwell uh, kind of stood over Greg McCaig and maybe even said something to him, but not going to defend Greg McKeg for what he did either, because Greg McCaig, uh a two-handed slash, basically just swung his stick about as hard as he could and hit Colin Blackwell, and that led to an altercation, and both players assessed penalties on this play. I mean, you could probably make the argument that only McCaig should have gone off for a penalty here, but that was just one instance in what was obviously uh, a very Very chippy game between the Rangers and Bruins here. But it's also nice to see Alexi Lafreniere picking up his second assist. Obviously, as far as points are concerned, we know he's off to a slow start this season. But it's very, very encouraging that now in his last four games he does have a goal and two assists so you know baby steps he's getting there he's figuring it out slowly but surely uh hopefully this leads to bigger and better things as the season progresses here we'll have to wait and see I think when Artemi Panarin comes back or I suppose we should maybe even say if Artemi Panarin comes back because it's hard to know exactly what's going on there and you know I know he asked for the two-week leave of absence we'll see if he's back before that we'll see if he's back after that I think uh Supercharging that top line, so to speak, might be the way to go. And I've resisted Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad being on the same line. But I think if there's any way to get Mika Zibanejad going this season, because this is another very quiet game for him. I mean, granted, it was a quiet game for just about every player on the Rangers yesterday. But if there's any way to get Mika Zibanejad going and Alexei Lafreniere as well, Man, put Artemi Panarin with these two guys, because as we saw, the first game that they spent together, we got a goal from Lafreniere, where Panarin got the primary assist, we also got a goal from Mika Zibanejad, now, again, Panarin didn't have a lot to do with that one, and it was an empty netter, but still, you know, you put that line together, and the two guys that have been slumping both score goals, Uh, so yeah, let's roll the dice with that line, kind of stack the top line going forward, uh, if and when Artemi Panarin comes back this season, but very, very encouraging what we're seeing from Colin Blackwell and also Alexi Lafreniere to a lesser extent. Lafreniere, again, three points in his last four games. Doesn't jump off the page or anything like that, but moving in the right direction. And Colin Blackwell has been a revelation. Eight points in 11 games this season. I mean, I don't think any of us thought that Colin Blackwell was going to have eight points all season for the Rangers. Was he even going to play for the Rangers? You know, it kind of just seemed like they brought him in as organizational depth. But uh, he's got an opportunity here, and he's run with it. And as I've said in previous episodes, he's this year's Ryan Lingren, the guy that came in that was kind of unheralded. Nobody was really talking about him all that much going into the season, but has taken the bull by the horns, gotten an opportunity, and uh, just taken full advantage of it. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We just talked about the altercation between McKaig and also Colin Blackwell after Blackwell scored a goal in the third period there, but that was far from the only chippiness in this game. There were a couple of other altercations. We'll get into the uh, Nick Ritchie, Alex Georgiev situation in just a second. But first, I always do like to kind of check in with former uh, New York Ranger players, even if they didn't have necessarily the biggest role. And, of course, on the Bruins, you've got Greg McKaig and you've also got Steve Campher. That was actually the first game of the season for both players in yesterday's game. Uh, To my knowledge, neither of them have been injured. They just haven't been able to crack the lineup until yesterday. And so, yeah, I mean, not really a whole lot to say. Obviously, Greg McKaig was with the Rangers for one season last year, skated in 53 games, five goals, four assists, you know. A solid fourth-line player, nothing really to write home about, but he's one of those guys that seemingly is on a different team every single season, just about. And then as for camphor he was with the Rangers for two years, 2016-2017, uh, as well as 2017-2018. I mean, mostly a stay-at-home defenseman. He skated in 32 total games with the Rangers. He's been with the Bruins the past three seasons. And uh, for his career... 212 games, 13 goals, 21 assists. Again, just kind of a journeyman type player, but uh, always fun to check in on these former Rangers and just see how they're faring with their new team. Uh, As far as the other chippiness in this game, we had something happen in the first period. I'm sure this kind of got the blood boiling of Ranger Nation. I know it did for myself. Basically, uh, the Bruins are trying to create a scoring chance. They got the puck in the Rangers zone. And then Alex Georgiev, he's in the crease, and Nick Ritchie's there as well. And Georgiev kind of Falls forward a little bit, and then Nick Ritchie kind of, sort of, accidentally on purpose maybe falls down and lands on top of Alex Georgiev's head. And this is the second time this season that Nick Ritchie has made contact with a Ranger goalie, and he always tries to seem to make it look like it's sort of by accident, but at the same time, it doesn't look like it is. Look, I don't want to sit here and say 100% fact that Nick Ritchie did this on purpose. I can't go that far. I don't know for sure. Maybe he lost his balance, but I watched that replay very carefully, and to me, I don't really know what would have caused him to fall backwards here because he wasn't really tied up with any player on the Rangers. I didn't really see him trip over Alex Georgiev. So again, I don't know for sure. I mean, they're out there on skates. These guys are going to fall down from time to time. I mean, it happens. Um, But very suspect that he just, at that very moment, just seemed to randomly fall backwards and lay on Georgiev's head. I don't want to say 100%, but hey, repeat offender at this point, right? Because there was a game earlier this season. And honestly, I don't even remember if Shesterkin or Georgiev was in net, but he was basically just moving across the crease, was Nick Ritchie. And caught the goalie in the head with an elbow. So this is twice that Nick Ritchie has made contact with the head of a Ranger goalie, and I don't like it. I don't think a lot of Ranger fans like it. Baron Lemieux didn't like it either because he fought Nick Ritchie at the end of this game, and Ryan Lingard in the immediate aftermath went after Ritchie as well, and Ritchie's, you know, dropping his gloves and trying to throw punches. But yeah, Ritchie choosing to fall backwards at that very second seemed very suspect, and it didn't do the Rangers any favors because, as you guys saw, uh, Alex Yorgiev was bleeding above his eye a little bit. He went to the bench, had that cleaned up, and then went back out there onto the ice. And on the I think it was the next shot that he faced. It wasn't long after he went back into the game. Uh, the Bruins score, they opened the scoring on a goal by Charlie Coyle. Coyle went top shelf on this play, gives the Bruins a one nothing lead, 641 into the action. And look, I mean, Gheorgia, if we're going to talk about the way he had to exit this game and the way the NHL really dropped the ball here as far as their handling of somebody suffering a potential concussion, we'll get to that in just a second. But Obviously, Georgiev didn't have a concussion because he had to leave the game to go into the protocol and then was back out there on the ice from the second period on. So obviously, he was cleared. But at the same time, you know, maybe he got shaken up a little bit from Nick Ritchie falling on him. Maybe he was still kind of catching his bearings a little bit. It was a good shot by Charlie Coyle. I mean, it's entirely possible that Coyle scores on this shot either way, whether that happened to Georgiev or not. But the announcer was making it sound like, listen, I don't think this had anything to do with the fact that Alex Georgiev got hurt. Well, how do you know that for sure? I mean, he might be right. He might be absolutely right that this goal would have been scored either way, whether Georgiev had his head fallen on top of or not, but there's no way to say that for sure. You can't definitively say that, you know, having Nick Ritchie land on your head doesn't affect your performance in the next few minutes. There's no way to definitively say that one way or the other. So I think we have to at least acknowledge the possibility that Georgiev was still shaken up at that moment and that that's what led to, uh, or at least contributed to Charlie Coyle scoring this goal here. And of course, right after this, we've got the Rangers calling Alex Georgiev over to the bench. He's got to go in through the tunnel, go into the locker room, go into the concussion protocol, and Igor Shosturkin has to go into the game for the Rangers. And you really, I mean, the NHL, they drop the ball here because, think about this. So Alex Giorgiev gets landed on by Nick Ritchie, as, as we've established here, and I would say this game was delayed when the Rangers were cleaning up the cut above Guiria's eye. I would say this game was delayed for probably like three minutes, four minutes, somewhere in that range. I mean, I don't remember exactly, but bottom line, it certainly was delayed long enough for the NHL to step in there and say, okay, listen, uh, this guy just got, he he took a shot to the head. We got to get him off the ice. We got to make sure he's not concussed. And, uh, you know, the word down there to the officials and and get Georgiev off the ice. Instead, they allow him to stay out there. Georgiev gives up a goal. And then after the goal, that's when they're calling Georgiev over to the bench to go off for the concussion protocol. And keep in mind, this game was played at noon yesterday. I mean, it's not like there were like, you know, 10 or 12 games happening all at the same time. And the NHL has its hands full watching all these games. I mean, I don't think that's an excuse either. There should be one person on every game. But man, I mean, that's your system sucks if, if this is what happens. Because again, Georgiev shot to the head. Game delayed three to four minutes. Nobody says anything. Nobody calls in from the league office and says Alex Georgiev has to come off the ice. They just let the game continue, and then at the next play stoppage, that's when they bring him off the ice. So very bizarre there. I think the NHL really needs to do a a better job kind of cleaning up that uh, protocol going forward. They got to come up with some kind of a better system. You don't want players out there playing concussed, especially everything we know about concussions now. But bottom line, Georgiev came out of the game. Igor Shosturkin has to go into the game pretty much ice cold, and he allows... One goal on the two shots that he faced, that was scored by Trent Frederick, and that made the score 2-0 Bruins uh, pretty late in the first period, less than two minutes ago in the first period at that point. Giorgiev overall, I mean, especially when you consider that he suffered this head injury and had to come out of the game and had to go back into the game, and you're playing a quality opponent like the Bruins. I got to say, I think Alex Giorgiev played pretty well in this game. This is his third straight, uh, what I would say a fairly strong performance. He only allows two goals on 33 shots. Did a nice job. Gave the Rangers, you know, at least a chance to come back. But the Ranger offense just could not get it together. And you guys saw what happened. They end up suffering a 4-1 loss. And one specific save that Georgiev made that I really want to call attention to here was late in the second period. The Rangers are already down 3-0 at this point, so they can ill afford to give up another goal to this team. But we're getting into, uh, the last minute of the second period, about 30 seconds, 40 seconds, somewhere in that range. And uh, Studnika got a chance by himself on the doorstep. I mean, there was nobody there to uh, knock him off the puck or try to get the puck away from him or anything like that. And he's moving across the crease, so he can basically just pick and choose whenever he wants to let this shot go. But Georgiev moves up in the crease a little bit, stands him up, gets a piece of it, steers the puck aside. I thought that was Alex Georgiev's best save of the afternoon. And again, another strong performance for Alex Georgiev. I've really been impressed by what he's done recently, especially when you consider that, you know, he's putting time, he's in and out of the lineup. He sometimes has to go a week or even longer without uh, getting a start. So very, very impressed by what we've seen from Alex Georgiev recently. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives. And if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you will get 20% off of your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. I know we already talked about the Colin Blackwell goal that was actually the Rangers' only goal of the afternoon, came about midway through the third period, cut the Boston Bruins lead to 3-1 at that time. But one other thing that I wanted to mention here, and I realize this is a little bit unconventional. You guys can tell me if you agree, tell me if you disagree, whatever it might be. So Blackwell scores that goal, and we get the altercation between McKeg and Blackwell after it's over. They both end up taking penalties. They both get matching minors. And I think if I'm David Quinn there... I'm calling my timeout. And again, it's not a typical time that you see a team take a timeout right after they themselves score a goal. Usually it's after, you know, maybe a slow start, um, you know, trying to light a fire under the team if they're down two to nothing early, or maybe it's late in the game to try to set something up when you're trailing by a goal. But I'm calling a timeout here, and I'm bringing everybody to the bench, and I am spitting fire from David Quinn. I am trying to light a fire under these guys. I am trying to get them going. I'm trying to get them mad because this is a game where. I don't think... I wouldn't go so far as to say that the Ranger effort was like completely lacking or anything like that the way it was on opening night against the Islanders. Let us not even go back to that game anymore. We've talked about that enough this season. We've used it as a point of reference enough this season, the opening night debacle against the Islanders. But... I think in this game, it was just a case where, I mean, first of all, the Bruins are just the better team. And if you're going to beat them and you're the Rangers, and I realized the Bruins had slumped a little bit coming into this game. I think they had only won one out of their last five or something like that. But to beat the Bruins, if you're the Rangers, you need to be firing on all cylinders. You need to be playing with a lot of energy, a lot of fire, a lot of, uh, you know, almost anger, the way they were on Friday night, the way they just came out and just took it to the Bruins and pulled away late in that game and just left absolutely no doubt. So if I'm David Quinn, there's about We're about midway through the third period. You're down by two goals. As much as this has not really been a great afternoon for the Rangers, it's doable. I mean, you can score two goals in ten minutes. Why not? And they end up getting a power play, you know, a little bit later in the third period as well. So, you know, you score there. You're down by one. But if I'm David Quinn, man, I'm calling the timeout. I'm bringing everybody over, and I'm lighting a fire under them, and I'm saying, like, listen— We've not been at our best. That changes right now. That changes for the last 10 minutes of this game. We are going to take it to these guys. We're going right at them. We're going for their throat. We're going to come back and we're going to win this game. Whether you do or not, hey, at least you close the game with some authority. At least you close the game with some fire, some passion. You go toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. I don't know. It was just a random thought that I had through my head that maybe David Quinn should hit the timeout there and get everybody over there, talk them up get them ready to go, get them ready to fight their tails off for the last 10 minutes of this game. Especially when you consider all the garbage that the Bruins had pulled in this game, whether it's Nick Ritchie once again making contact with the head of a Ranger goalie, falling on top of Alex Georgiev, making him bleed on the ice, or whether it's Greg McKay being down on the ice and swinging with with two hands on his stick, taking a swing at Colin Blackwell after Blackwell scores a goal, get this team fired up. Just an idea. You guys let me know if you agree or disagree, because I will acknowledge, yes, that would be a strange time to call a timeout, but I think it might have worked in a situation like that. And then the only other thing that I wanted to talk about was the game-closing fight between Brand Lemieux and Nick Ritchie. Obviously, we talked about Ritchie enough today. We know what he did to Georgiev uh, earlier in this game. We know what he did earlier in the season as well. This is twice this season where Nick Ritchie has made contact with the head of a New York Ranger goalie, and it's not something you can tolerate if you're the Rangers. So there's actually a play stoppage, which is 2.6 seconds left in the game here. And as soon as they drop the uh, puck for the ensuing face-off, Lemieux, Richie, they immediately dropped the gloves. I thought Richie kind of had the early upper hand. He landed a couple of punches on Lemieux, but I thought Lemieux rallied a little bit at the end. I might have to give a little bit of slight edge to Richie here overall, but Lemieux landed a couple of punches down the stretch. He hung in there, and uh, just great that he's going to stick up for his teammates like that. You love to see that from Brandon Lemieux, and um. We'll see what happens going forward. There's four more games between these two teams, and this is twice that Nick Ritchie has done something to a New York Ranger goalie. You know what? I do think it was Shesterkin the last time. I'm remembering that now. It was Shesterkin because I remember Shesterkin saying something to Nick Ritchie after he did it. And, you know, Ritchie, hey, you know what, man? If you're going to go after our goalie, just do it. Don't do this accidentally on purpose nonsense that you seem to be trying to get away with here early in the season. If you want to take a run at our goalie, do it, and then at least we know that it's for sure, and at least you can, you know, show the guts to do it. I mean, I don't agree with that tactic, but at least show the temerity. If you're going to take a run at our goalie, to take a run at our goalie, and we'll deal with it as we have to deal with it. And, uh, you know, it was nice to see Brian Lemieux, again, dropping the gloves here and uh, fighting Nick Ritchie at the end of this game here. But that's going to pretty much do it for today. This is actually one of our shorter episodes. I'm just noticing now in quite some time, but it's kind of a situation where there's not really that much to say about this one. It just was not the Rangers afternoon. They really just couldn't get anything going. The Bruins basically controlled the play, and that was that, and it's a disappointing loss for the Rangers. They still have won three out of their last five games, and that kind of leads me into the last thing I want to talk about for today, and that is the Rangers' upcoming schedule because we've turned the calendar. It's now March, so happy March to everybody. Happy end of the winter months, whatever you might be into. Some people might like winter. I don't know, but whatever. We're into March now. And we've got three games this week, do the Rangers. And they are against the Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday. That's a home game, seven o'clock. Then on Thursday, the Rangers are at the Devils. That's also at seven o'clock. And on Saturday, once again, at the Devils at one o'clock. And something that stands out here And I mean no disrespect to the Sabres or Devils. And this is something I talked about. I just did an appearance with Locked on NHL earlier today. That episode will be up later today as well. But... Coming into the season, I think just about everybody who looked at this Eastern Division, if you had to pick out the two weakest teams in the division, and again, I mean no disrespect here, but it is what it is. I think most people would have said it's the Sabres and it's the Devils. The Rangers are 1-3 combined against those two teams this year. And if the Rangers are going to make any kind of a run at the playoffs, any kind of a second-half surge, we're not into the second half yet, but you know what I mean. If they're going to get it going, if they're going to start to climb the standings a little bit, get back into the mix for a playoff spot, they got to come away with, I would say, three wins in these three games against the Sabres and Devils. That's a little bit of a tall order. I guess you could settle for two wins, but I think you want to come away with bare minimum four points, maybe five points, maybe all six points, because it gets a lot harder after that. After those three games, you got two at the Penguins, two at the Bruins, two at the Flyers, and two at the Caps. There's not an easy game in that bunch. And honestly, there's not an easy game in this division. I know the Sabres have struggled, but... There's really no such thing as an easy game. And then just some really quick updates on a couple of injured Rangers. I mean, Artemi Panarin isn't injured, but obviously he's not available right now. Uh, According to David Quinn, at practice day, there is still no timetable for Artemi Panarin to return. And also, Filipito, still day-to-day. I believe that Tuesday's game against the Sabres, that's kind of the game that the Rangers were targeting. They were hopeful. Uh, We'll see if it comes to fruition or not. You can't get Filipito back up there soon enough. And... Finally, Anthony Petetto is listed as day-to-day with a lower body injury. So that's pretty much it for now. I mean, obviously, we're not going to have Jacob Truba for a while. And we'll just have to wait and see and look how the Rangers line up for Tuesday's game against the Buffalo Sabres. That's going to do it for today, guys. Obviously, this is a huge, huge week for the Rangers. They got to take care of business against these teams that I think most people coming into the season would say that the Rangers are superior to. But yes, that will do it. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.